everything we had prayed. Can I say to us, there are two things, major things that we need to look into this night. Okay? You will discover that in our Bible study daily, God directed us to what? What happened in your Bible study today? What did you notice? Pardon me? You went through the same thing again, isn't it? Yes. You went through the same thing again. And then you stop at the battle of Ijalan. While I was discussing this with my son, I said, I wish I can show you on the map. But in a short time, I'll be able to do that on the back screen here. So that you can recognize in the map of Israel, where is Ijalan? And maybe we can, of course, we can do that through Google. We can zoom into it and you see the valley of Ijalan. When we went on the missionary trip to Israel, and for those of you who are going on this trip, I want to congratulate you. We'll go through all that. And if you are still double-minded whether you should go on the trip, you better join them now. And those of you who are not members of Christ with Tabernacle, but you are partners with Apostle Williams, you always link up with us across the globe. You can join us in our journey to Israel. But if you will do for this year... You have to do that in the next seven days, so that um, because we are closing the books on that until next year. When I was reading it, my memory went to every place. When we read about the Amalekites, the five kings of Amalekites, we were shown those five cities where those kings are. If you are coming from from Jerusalem to Tel Aviv. Before you get to Tel Aviv, on your left is the valley of Ijalon. Across the other side are the five kings of Amorites. And really when you see that valley, you will wonder how did Joshua and the army trek through this. They went barefooted with sandals. It's a very rugged valley. No wonder they could not meet up until the sun was almost setting. And that is the reason why Joshua commanded his son to stand still. However, tonight, two things that God is speaking to us. One is the chapter 7, which we read before. And then the second is chapter 10. And that will give us the prayer point. Chapter 7 says in verse 1, But the Israelites acted unfaithfully in regards to the devoted things. Achan, son of Carmi, the son of Zimri, the son of Zerath, of the tribe of Judah, took some of them, so the Lord's anger burned against them. Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is near <coughs> Beth-Evan, to the east of Bethel, and told them, Go up and spy out the region. So the men went up and spied out Ai. When they returned to Joshua, they said, Not all the people we have to go, to go up against I. Send two or three thousand men to take it and do not weary all the people, for only a few members are there. There's something I want to say here. Because these people sinned among them, 
you will discover that the idea that came from them is from the flesh. It came from arrogance. Now we are too many for them, just a little bit of what we wipe them off. That is what happens to anybody who claims to be a Christian, but you are living in sin. You will be full of your flesh. You will bring ideas that you think is best for your life, only to regret it in a short while. Because God is no more in your ideas. It always leads to defeat all the time. You know, somebody can lie to himself and convince himself about the lie, that the lie is the truth. Isn't it? Come on now. I've taken you through a lot of lectures within the past two, uh, the, the past five weeks. As far as the 30 days, I was listening to one of the tapes because I listen to all my messages. So that before they go to the television, I've also listened to it. And I was amazed at the level of what God has taught us within the past five weeks. So profound and deep. Anybody who on earth, you may be listening to me, who can follow those things I've taught you, it is impossible for any power to overcome him. Either power of man or power of Satan. It is impossible. He will never be defeated. We saw here that the people who have been having the leading of the Spirit of God, the moment they fell into sin, the Spirit departed. So they had to resort back into flesh. So they gave counsel from the flesh. <clears throat> so if we look at verse 4, it says about, So about 3,000 men went up, but they were rooted by the men of I. These are people that God said you will never lose any battle. I will together now. God said you will never lose any battle. And I told you some time ago last year, towards October into November, that the covenant of God is a contract between God and man. Every contract have the two sides to it. Somebody offer, the other accept. Contract is binding when the one who offer fulfills all his own conditions, and the one who accepted must fulfill all his conditions. If one of them breach a condition, the contract is null and void, though it is still written. So are we. CFT, I haven't got taking you all through this, you cannot lose any battle anymore. But you have to obey. We war not against flesh and blood. We live in this world. We do not war like the world war. This church cannot be overcome by the devil. Yes, 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 yes. If Satan is somewhere talking, thinking that CFT will decrease, he made a mistake. I saw a vision. This place was jammed and people were outside on the streets waiting to come into this hall. And a good number of you have seen the same thing. And we are into it now. We are into it now. We are into a season whereby you will call a midweek meeting. You have been having Hall of Mirror before. It can't take you. People, will, If you use Hall of Mirror, people will be standing all over the aisle to the outside. That's the season we have got into now. Because it's a season where the world is famished and starved and God is here. Jesus told me, Wherever the carcass go, the vulture will come. And they told me that from the beginning. The first message I preach in CFT is, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. And as long as I who lead you did not turn away from the one who appeared unto me, you will follow too. Amen. Hallelujah. And I cannot. It's impossible. 
I am not part of those that Satan are programmed. I am not in his calendar or diary. Really, if you put my name there, it means that all the calendar will burn to ashes. The day he sat my name into his profile. Because it will not work. Satan knows the people he can mess about. To some others, God warned kings concerning them, saying what? Touch not God's anointed. And that's the reason why God is teaching us in the way he's teaching us. For sin in safety is zero tolerance. For sin, it is zero tolerance. You can't smell it. Talk less, taste it. Run from the madding crowd. Anything that will make you sin against the Lord, cut it off. Cut it off. Not all Israel sin, but remember sins. But they all associated with that sinner. And so they should God departed from them. How would you get them now? However, they were rooted and killed. It says in verse 5, who killed about 636 of, of them. They chased the Israelites from the city gate as far as the stone quarries and struck them down on the slope. At this, the heart of the people were melted. You remember you read before that when the people heard about the God of Israel, the heart of the enemies melted. Come on now, but thou in reverse. It will not be your portion. But you have to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. And you have to obey his command. Follow me as I follow Christ. There is no regret in it. Amen. Anyway, in verse 6, Joshua rendered him his clothes. He tore his clothes face down. <clears throat> it says, then Joshua tore his clothes and fell face down to the ground before the ark. <coughs> of the Lord remaining there till evening the elders, of Israel, the elders of Israel did the same and sprinkled dust on their heads what this means is this should any one of you find yourself derailed alright the only remedy that can restore a derailed person is to weep before God you can't repent with dry eye dry face no Somebody say, I'm repenting, and your face is dry. No tears in front of your eyes. You are lying. Because repentance must come with regret first. Regret precedes repentance. Regret is somebody felt so sorry for himself that why did I do this to my life? Why did I allow myself to do this to myself? When God had not apportioned this to me. And out of that regret, he weeps. Anybody who says, I repent, and he did not go through that process, you have not repented. And that's the reason why you have not seen results. I told you the Lord Jesus appeared to me in 2007. It was 2007. And on that encounter, he gave me some instructions on what to do next in ministry, which I did immediately. And then he brought a scenario before me, a man who is a bishop who committed adultery. And the man knelt down, I know the man, and I knelt down, we were praying. And he was praying as the Lord was standing before us. But he knelt down and did his hand like this, and was praying that, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for what I've done, forgive me, and stuff like that. And the Lord turned his back at him, and he started walking away. He said, I will not forgive you. What? That looks strange to me. That the Lord will not forgive because to me, kneeling down and asking God for forgiveness, he has done all what is necessary. 
But when I saw, when, he turned, when the Lord turned back and was walking away, a dread came upon my soul, and I fell face down to the ground. And I was crying, I was, I was crying with a loud shout. The whole of my eyes, my face, within seconds, clogged up with tears running like water, pleading for mercy. And I saw something I've never seen in my entire encounters with the Lord in heaven. My word became like a rope. And he went and he held the leg of the Lord Jesus. His back, it was walking like this. And he held his leg. And the more I prayed, the more impossible for him to move. He stood there as I was crying. And then he stopped. Then he turned back to us and walked towards both of us. And he said to me, look at the way you have prayed. Look at the way he has prayed. There is no remorse. He said, because of you, I will forgive him. All right? Then he said to me, go and tell my people on earth, if any man will cry to me in this way, and I quote the Lord until we see him face to face, he said to me, it is impossible for me not to answer. And then he said, good day, and walked back into heavens. You cannot say you repent when you have not wept by the altar. Regret precedes repentance. It's different from confession. People confess, that's why they go back to their sins. If a man truly felt that you have disappointed God in your conduct, you will feel so much irritated by yourself. There will be a remorse in you. You lost your peace completely. It is that regret that brings tears that why did I do that to my Lord? And that is the kind of temperament that attracts forgiveness, instant and restoration. That is what you saw in verse 6 of Joshua 7. In those days they would go and put ashes and he sat on the same spot until God spoke. However, does God answer prayer? That is today. Look at chapter 8. After Joshua pleaded for mercy, we remember God told him how to check the people. And he got Achan. Achan was a member of his family and he was taken out. Iniquity was taken out. Alright? After iniquity was taken out, look at what happened. Verse chapter, chapter 8, verse 1. Then the Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Take the whole army, not a trickle of them. This is the spiritual direction now. And go up and attack I, the same place that defeated you. For I have delivered into your hands the king of I, his people, his city, and his land. These guys are serious soldiers. And in the fame of their, their combat ability is all over the place. Then it says, you shall do to I as its king, and its king, as you did to Jericho and its king, except that you may carry off their plunder and livestock for yourself. Set an ambush behind the city. Did you see divine instruction? 
In every way that a Christian has failed, you only need to turn to God. Really, He will give you divine instruction. He will give you revelation. It is, you know, it, it pains my heart when Christians say that I failed in something, and you cannot by yourself get direction from God. It, it's, it worries me. Christianity is not for lazy people. <clears throat> of course, lazy people join us. They are not bad from joining. But once you join, that laziness will be taken out of you. Are we together? Those who seek God are serious people. Discipline highly discipline. Seeking God will discipline everything about your life. You don't take defeat for your final answer. But for God to give you divine instruction on how to go about things, you have to be broken first. And recognize He as the only true God who has all the power. And when he wins and wept, God gave him the instruction, take out sin from among you. The moment sin was taken away, why would God come to him in chapter 8 and say, go, I have given them? Because he's been discouraged now. The people who, who, who your soldiers fled before, you have some fear. However, the Lord now said to him now, I will give you instruction. Not man will give you instruction because you are now restored. Whenever you are restored before God in your heart, He gives instruction and direction by dreams, by vision, by audible voice, through prophetic, through people and stuff. He'll give you direction. And you cannot miss it. Lay ambush behind the city. So Joshua did all that. So Joshua mounted up his army. And they rooted off the, the army of I. Yes. When they rooted of the army of Ai, the Bible says in chapter 9 verse 1, Now when all the kings west of Jordan heard about these things, those in the hill country in the west foothill and along the entire coast of, of great sea, <clears throat> as far as Lebanon, those of you who went to Israel, will you remember that if we are going from Jerusalem towards um, uh, Galilee, Jerusalem is down, Galilee is up north, and Lebanon is up north left. Alright? Far away. Now, can you imagine from Jerusalem to so far as Lebanon, the victory spread? Alright? It says they came together to make war against Joshua and Israel. However, when the people of Gibeon heard that Joshua had done as to Jericho, to Jericho and I, <clears throat> they resorted to Eruz. And so the people of Gibeon were sensible. Now, our prayer point will be based on the principle of the Gibeonites. When the Gibeonites recognized that God of Israel is with Israel, the Gibeonites decided that though we are good fighting men, however, the God of these people shall be our God. So they now associated themselves, though don't worry about the fact that they lied. You understand that God could have revealed them. But there is something about Gibeon that every Christian should know. They recognize the God of Israel. That anybody who recognizes your God, 
you have a spiritual tie to them. I want to listen attentively because I'm going to give you an assignment that the Holy Spirit told me today. Your brothers, your sisters, your father, your mother, your kindred that are under oppression of Satan tonight, they will be free. Amen. That's what the Lord told me. They will be set free because of you. We have kept quiet for too long and we have seen our family members bamboozled and messed up by the devil. It's not so with God. God is interested in your victory for them. And tonight it will be. Some of you will hear news when we finish the prayer tonight. Are you with me now? So they came and they formed, they pleaded with, with, with Gibeon, with Joshua. However, Joshua eventually rooted out all the enemies, and then Gibeonites became a part of God's people. If you look that scripture down, you discover that Gibeonites said, We have heard about your God. When Joshua said, You lied to me, they said, Yes, we did. Who can face your God? Who is a God before your God? We have heard about your God. He is supreme one. And we are afraid. We submit to it. Are you not amazed that Joshua said you are under a curse now? What is the curse? You will be the one carrying water in the church and building, cutting wood for the church. Is that a curse? I mean, to be serving God of Israel in his temple. That is not a curse. That's why I told you that sometimes the Bible uses the word curse not to mean spell, but to mean unfortunate are you. And unfortunately, a good number of Christians who are dogmatic have used the application of curse, which interprets to you are unfortunate, to mean curses, which is spell. That's why they misinterpret the Bible. And many believers believe it is a lie. To be the one who will build this temple. Is it not a pride to you that it is my grandfather who cut the tree to build this temple? My grandfather was the one who carried water to build all this amazing work, you see. It is a good thing that they gave them. Why did, God, why did that happen? God is the one who put it in their mind because God won their memory in Israel. He wiped off everybody, but because they recognized the God of Israel, he wanted their memory in Israel. So the, the memory begins from the temple of God, then to serve the community. However, that is like your brother, your sister, your mother, anyone that you are connected to, your friends and stuff like that. However, <clears throat> look at chapter 10 verse 1. Now as Donizedek king of Jerusalem, heard that Joshua had taken eye and totally destroyed, go doing to it and its king as he had done to Jericho and its king. And that the people of Gibeon had made treaty of peace with Israel and were living near them. He and his people were very what? Much alarmed at this because Gibeon was an important city. They showed us the Gibeon when we were going from Israel to Tel Aviv. Gibeon was an important city, like one of the royal cities. It was larger than I, and all its men were good fighters. Though they were good fighters, but they surrendered to the living God. They are skilled people. So, Adonizedek, king of Jerusalem, appealed to Horam. 
king of Hebron, Piram, king of Jamud, Japhar, king of Lachish, and Deborah, king of Egon. Come and help me attack Gibeon, he said, because it was, he has made peace with Joshua. Then verse 5 says, the five kings of Amorites, they showed us the areas of these kings of Amorites while we were in, on our missionary trip to Israel. It meant so much to us when they were showing us all this, just opposite the valley of Aijalon, if you are going towards Tel Aviv, as you look at opposite the valley of Aijalon on the right, you have the Amorites territory, the five kings. Then what happened? Then Gibeon sent a word to Joshua. You are the Joshua of your family today. He sent a word. How many times have your brothers called you that they are sick? How many times has your family called you that they are, they, are, they are impoverished or, you know, messed up by the devil? Even the one who did not call you that you know Satan is messing their life. How many times have you lamented that, Lord, this is the devil doing this, and you leave it like that? Today, the table will change. The table will change. So, what did Gibeon do? <clears throat> verse, verse 6. The Gibeonites then sent words to Joshua in the camp of Gilgal. Do not abandon your servant. Come up to this quick to us quickly and save us. Help us because all the Amorite kings from the hill country have joined forces against us. Look at verse seven. And verse seven is what we do today. Shall we do it together, please? So Joshua marched up from We are the entire army. We will attack everyone that is attacking our family tonight. We will. They kill this. They maim the other. They afflicted the other. If they are doing that and you are quiet, they are coming close to you. Before they bring the battle to you, we will take the battle to their camp and destroy them. Enough of nonsense. He says, he took the battle straight to them. The Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid. Who is Joshua? I can't hear you. Who is Joshua? Can you be afraid of them? Come on now. If you are a member of CFT or you have been hearing my voice on television, I know that you have passed the stage of being afraid of what God said is nothing. Idols are nothing. Voodoo is nothing. We don't celebrate them because they are nothing. Isaiah 44 verse 9. Those who worship idols are nothing and the things they treasure are worthless. Those who speak for them are blind. They are ignorant to their own shame. Who forge idols that cannot topple? He said, Joshua said. Then the Lord said to Joshua, after Joshua attacked, your God will speak tonight. Do not be afraid of them. I have given them into your hands. Every power that is afflicting your family, your kindred, your, your parents, your children, God has given them into your hands to do whatever you will to them. Whatever you say tonight about them is binding forever. You didn't hear what I said. I said you didn't hear what I said. In duality, and the, the Lord shall be jealous of his land. Today, God is jealous of you. How can they be saying their father? It is her father. 
or it is her brothers, his brothers, that will never be mentioned again, except for good. After an all-night match, so when we leave this place tonight, tonight between 12 and 3, make sure you get up. Are you with me now? And pray for those people who are your kindred and friends. There is no giving sleep to your eyes tonight. Did you hear me? Your children afflicted, your husband afflicted, your wife afflicted, and all mess like that. Your brothers, your sisters, your nephew, nieces, you have seen their life bamboos by Satan. Today will be the end. Amen. The God who answered Joshua, he will answer us. Amen. I say he will answer us. Amen. Listen to me. He will answer us. Amen. Look at two things we are going to use, two weapons, and then we pray. Verse 10. Let me read verse 9. After all night march from Gilgal, Joshua took them by surprise. You will take your enemies by surprise. He says in verse 10, Then the Lord threw them into confusion. The Lord will throw them into confusion. Before Israel, who defeated them in the great victory at Gibeon. Which means all the enemies that have been positioned to those people you want to pray for. As you begin to pray, God will send confusion right into their midst there. And you don't need to leave your room tonight. Victory shall be yours from that place. And I'm telling you this. Anytime Satan touch any of your family members, draw a line, battle line, in the night. Understand that as a legacy for your life forever. We must not accept anything that is not in line with the word of God to remain in our lives or in the life of people surrounding us, we must not accept any longer. Are you with me now? Confusion is one of the things we send. You will pray, Father, all the power that surrounds this person, send confusion, Lord. Send confusion, Lord. Send confusion, Lord. That's your first prayer point. As you did in Gibeon, do tonight. He said confusion. Look at verse 11 in second, second uh, uh, um, um, weapon. It says, as they fled before Israel on the road down to Beth Heron and Ezekiah, the Lord hauled large hailstones down on them from the sky, and more of them died by uh, from the hailstone that they, that they were were killed by the sword of Israel. Listen to me. You will command hailstone to the camp of the enemy. Let me say this to you. God will destroy the paths of Satan. He will destroy more than what your own authority reach. Stand up on your feet, please. <laughs> 